but I never want to lose sight of the fact that like I'm living my dream and I get to do this mm-hmm. from the minute I touched a soccer ball. Like this is all that I've ever wanted to do and it's all I've ever loved. And so the fact that I get to do it for a living and I get to live out these dreams is just amazing. All right, so welcome to Pathfinders, a podcast sharing the stories of Portland's cultural creators and the past they've forged. I'm Marcus Harvey, the owner of Portland Gear. We are proud to be coming to you for the first ever podcast. We've been wanting to do this for far too long. We finally are doing it. We're down here in our office, and I'm with the one and only Sam Coffey. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. It is uh, an honor to have you here on the first ever podcast. Um, The title is Pathfinders, and to us, it's just about people that are kind of emblazing their own trail, creating their own way, and... I got to go there with your last name of coffee. What's your favorite Portland coffee shop? <clears throat> it's a hard one to choose. I go to Grounded, um, uh-huh. I would say most often, just because of its proximity of to the stadium and great coffee as well. Yeah. We love Grounded. Um, I would say my personal favorite is probably Case Study. Mm. Love some good Case Study. That's great. Yeah. All good. We, you know, Our old office was up by the stadium, so Grounded... We've, we've actually favorite. gone through many iterations of what that place was called. So when you first said Grounded, actually, it was Coffee House Northwest for a long time, so mm-hmm. now it's Grounded. There we go. There's too many good ones to choose from. I loved Esperanza, too, that just Ooh. closed, unfortunately, in um, off Woodstock. Sure. Personal favorite, but now I'm going to have to go someplace That's great. else. So what, what led your path to Portland, Oregon? Um, the NWSL draft. Oh! <laughs> so I, I played college soccer at Penn State, mm-hmm. and... Um, the my draft year was very unique in that uh, I didn't put my own name into the draft. Hmm. They decided for every college senior because of the lack of numbers and um, people going pro because of the pandemic. So I found out about five or six days before the draft that I was going to be in it. I had no idea <laughs> um, that maybe I'd get drafted. Maybe I wouldn't. I didn't really know what was going on at the mm-hmm. time, um, but I just said, OK, like, we'll see what happens. Sure. Um, the goal was to play in the NWSL. Yeah, the goal was to play in the NWSL or just professionally, of course, but I still knew I had like another year of Mm -hmm. college soccer left. Because of the whole COVID. Yep, fifth year. Infinite years. You can stay as long as you want. Yeah, so I lost my senior year uh, due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we were given another Mm -hmm. year. So I knew I wanted to take that. Um, But was that path going to be Europe or was it going to be the league? I wasn't really sure at the time. But that decision was kind of made for me and then my name being being put in the draft and it, it couldn't have worked out any better. Um, Portland was definitely, I would say the club that stood out to me the most in the list of places that I would want to end up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, believe it or not, got a call from Mark Parsons that night. Who's Mm -hmm. the coach at the time saying, you know, we want to draft you. Um, I said, great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would love that. Great. Thanks. Um, obviously there were a lot of details to work out with that, with going back to school and not going to Portland right away. Usually you get drafted, you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I got drafted and I stayed for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. at Penn state. So it was just a really crazy roller coaster of a year. It went completely unexpected, but it Mm -hmm. couldn't have worked out any better. But you also, you knew where you were going at the end, which is weird. I knew I was going the whole year, which a lot of girls don't get. It was yeah, it was amazing, but also very strange mm-hmm. to go through my last year of college knowing uh, this is where I'm going next, which is something a lot of people don't get to have. So I felt fortunate to have that. Um, it was hard to manage the excitement of my professional dream coming true, but yeah. then still being an amateur. Did people college try to like athlete. beat up on you, knowing you're about to go pro? Yeah, they go studs up and, and yeah, get my ankles. Uh-huh. But no, <laughs> no, it was just like uh, it was surreal, honestly, mm-hmm. just balancing those two things. 
but um, I knew that I had unfinished business at Penn State sure. and I wanted to extend and use all of my eligibility there. It was a place I loved and still love so much. Yeah. Um, and I knew Portland uh, was there waiting for me. And uh, I just felt really grateful to to have that experience. So what, when you, you knew of Portland, obviously. Yeah. Thorns, all that. What, like, what was it that you knew of the Thorns from being on the complete other side? Yeah. Was it the Tobin years? Was it the... Lindsay year, like what was the I mean, period? all of it, obviously those two really come to mind when thinking about like the success of the thorns. Mm -hmm. I think it's just as a, a young player growing up, it just seemed like this standard of women's soccer sure. and like the place to be with the supporters, the community, Providence park, mm -hmm. um, resources, like all of it. It mm -hmm. just seemed like the greatest place that you could go to play women's soccer or play any women's sure. sport. Honestly, Amazing. um, it was always just like this shiny jewel and I wanted to be a part of it. And yeah, I have no words. It, it couldn't have worked out any better than it did. You've had some good teammates. Yeah. Amazing teammates. I won't ask your favorite, but Sinclair's got to be up there having some of these goats, some of these people <laughs> that have been around for a long time. It's just got to be awesome to come into a situation that yeah. already has an established team, great players, captains, people who have laid a foundation, who have forged their own paths here already. That's got to be awesome to come into that. Yeah. I mean, we have like the most unbelievable team, of course, on the field, mm -hmm. you know, when we're, we're buzzing and clicking, like it's electric. And mm -hmm. I, I think the crowd can feel that we feel that, but I think more than, more than that, we have just unbelievable people and incredible leaders and coming into this team as a young player out of college. And I'm walking in the first day and I'm like, Sinky's on my left and Becky's across from me and I had Chris to my right and cling. Mm. And I mean, I could name yeah. literally our entire roster. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just like, I'm sharing a locker room with mm -hmm. these women like that. I've grown up watching and yeah. idolizing and loving to watch them play. And now I get to learn from them every day. And I still, I still get to learn from them every day. And that's something I really am diligent in trying to not take for granted. Cause I know that that's special and that's sure. a gift to have. Um, again, not just incredible soccer players and leaders, but really incredible people too. And, um, and yeah. Sinclair's back. Yeah, Becky's back. Yes, she is. Saw those on IG. Mm -hmm. They made it. That's great. Cling too. Yep. She's Cling. back. Yeah. They are, they are the backbone. All right. For people that don't know football to the world, soccer to us Americans. Yes. What position do you play and what does that even mean? Okay. So for, the football connoisseur, I will say, I play the six. They will know what that means. Do you know what that means? It means you play in the middle. I play in the middle. So every position on the field is a number. Mm -hmm. So the six is defensive midfielder. So holding midfielder pretty much. So I am in the middle, but I have more of a defensive responsibility mm -hmm. than the other two midfielders who are more likely to join the attack mm get in the box. I, I try to get up there when mm -hmm. I can, but um, I'm also there to help protect the back line as well as connect our back line and our forwards. Um, it's a position I didn't start playing till I got here, which mm. I think is really awesome. Mm -hmm. What were you in college? I was more of an attacking midfielder. So I'd cool. get up and yeah. not worry Do about Do you run the back. least? No. no. Don't the, don't the, the side ones run the most? Wing, um, <laughs> wingbacks run a lot. I would say just generally midfielders, I would say are probably up there in distance, obviously like high speed running is mostly our forwards. Same with back line, like sprinting back toward goal. Um, but generally our midfielders, I would say have the highest mileage at the end of a game. Cause you're doing this, you're just going mm -hmm. back and forth our box to their box, our box mm -hmm. to their box. Um, but yeah, in college I was more of an attacking uh, midfielder, like a 10, mm -hmm. eight or a 10 are the other two midfielders. So Lindsay Hran's a dear friend of mine. What position is she? 
I would say she can play all three in my opinion, but uh, she's mostly, I would say eight or 10. She mostly attacking plays, I would say, for, yes, attacking midfield. With, the, with the national team. That's mostly what she's played. But yeah. Well, now you know. <laughs> she's a six. I'm a six. She plays the six. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your, what's your game day ritual? What are we eating? What are we drinking? I'm not, um, I'm not superstitious. Um, I, I love routine, but I, it's not like if I don't have avocado toast, I'm going to play terribly. Okay. So no superstitions. No. But rituals. Yeah. Rituals. I love to like sleep in, have a nice morning. Um, I'm a big like mindfulness journal take some time to, you know, be still in the morning kind of girl. Um, love to go on a walk, um, get outside a little bit. Uh, phones off. Phones there. I'm not on it a lot though. I try to be really diligent with like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at social media or like what Mm -hmm. people are saying about the game or who they expect. I I don't care. I'm just focused on, you know, having a great day and a great build up to our game. Uh, maybe I'll go to a, a coffee shop around, around me. Um, just go grab a cup, anything to just like healthy distractions. A cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you had to, yep. I understand you yep, had, had, to. To. had to, uh, it was going to happen at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it never goes just a certain way, but, um, I would say just some sort of combination of those things. It's a long day though. Cause we usually play at like seven o'clock at night. So getting up around nine, nine 30, it's a, long day mm-hmm. waiting around. I, I love ath- I love athletes. I've always been infatuated with sport and team and everything. So give more of the, like give more of, of a game day. I love like games at seven. Yeah. Are you to arena at three for a walk through is like, is there a 30 <clears throat> minute on field alone thing? Like what is that? Like four yeah. or five hours before the game? I love yeah, that stuff. So obviously what I just mentioned is like my time yeah. at home. And then we usually get to the stadium around like for a seven o'clock game. We'll get there. Not that early, honestly, a little later than you'd expect, probably around like five. Oh. Um, so Did, do you have a training earlier in the day? Nope. You have nothing. Nothing. You're free until five. Yep. Free until five. Yep. Four thirty-five usually around then. Um, so report to the stadium. I like to get there a little bit earlier just so I'm not as rushed at the stadium. Cause once you get there, it's like, boom, boom, boom. You have treatment. You have, we have a meeting. We have, uh, we have usually for girls that want to, like we'll have pregame chapel or, or mm. prayer. Mm. And then we got just, it's like, it's boom, yeah, boom, boom. So you got to get there. Yeah. So, um, I like to get there a little earlier, you know, we greet the fans outside the stadium and take some pictures. So that takes some time. Um, but yeah, once we're there, it's, it's time to, to get ready and, um, do what we need to do as a team to prepare for the game. Then we go and warm up around probably six fifteen, So for usually past, around 40 yeah. minutes before the game. Okay. So then you win. Yes. Then the game's over. What time? 10. <clears throat> yeah. Then what? Actually around 10. Then uh, we go around, we thank the fans, we do our, mm-hmm. our stuff on the field. Usually we have family and friends come down, we sign more things, people come down to the field. That's always a fun part of post game win. Mm-hmm. Um, recovery post game. So like flushes, massage, What's ice a bath. Flush? It's like a quick massage, like where your muscles are just being flushed. Just yeah, out. yeah. I don't need those because I don't really do anything yeah, that excessive. You'd be surprised I though. I, I mean, it, I don't know what a flush is. But. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a weird word, I guess, but it's just to like. It's like a quick massage. Just push blood. Yeah, yeah, back or through yeah. Or like your muscles are obviously very sore and fatigued, okay. so it's just like getting some manual work done on them. I'm a big ice bath girl, so I Good usually you. take an ice bath um, at the stadium. 
at the stadium. Yeah. Okay. And then I go home and I'm, I'm, ho I get home really late because obviously all that stuff takes time. I usually get home around probably 1130 midnight. Mm -hmm. I usually treat myself with some sort of fried food. Oh, like McDonald's is a fan favorite for you me. Just go post across game. The street? No, not why that you got to say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> why, why you got to say it like that? Sam no. coffee. No, 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 no. I actually, I, know I have why. been there before. I, know why. I, know I have why. been there before. <laughs> I just, every time I go there, I end up buying somebody a Big Mac and I'm happy to do that because I think that it's, everybody needs to eat. Need um, but I, I so usually, you pull up to McDonald's. I no, mean, you probably I, burn 3000 calories. I Uber eats. And I will say post, post game nutrition is really hard. Like eating after a game is very difficult because you're fueling the whole day. You're filling your body with fluids, electrolytes, energy gels, all these things. Like your stomach is just this like mosh pit yeah. of stuff. So just <laughs> and, moshing some more yeah, burgers and stuff it, at the end. Well, but then you go out, you exert yourself for 90 minutes. And then you're dehydrated. So then you got to mm -hmm. refuel again. But like eating is a lot of girls get like game stomach. Like after games, they feel like nauseous or they can't eat. And so our nutritionist has always told us like, it doesn't matter what you eat, just eat. Just so eat. I'm like, yeah. great. I will have chicken nuggets. How, how many calories do you burn during a game? Oof, I don't really know the exact or how number. how many miles do you run? Don't you guys have little trackers yeah, on Yeah, usually you? mileage for me is around like eight to 10. Eight seven to ten, to, eight to ten, seven, seven to, to ten, ten miles, miles. Yeah, around that. In two hours, depends two on, and a half hours. Yeah, depends on the game we play, what kind of game it is, but generally it's around. I think that's that. how much Sean's ran in two years. In my life. Maybe in his life. Yeah, that's great. That's okay. Wow. Okay, so you go home, get the chicken nuggies. Yeah, chicken nuggies, and then I get like Dip a little sauce, oh, sweet and sour, okay. ketchup, classic. Um, some fries. I usually never finish all of, all of them, but I also I have to get a coke. I need, it's not a, it's a want, it's a need. Okay. I it, like, I feel like resurrected after I have a Coke. <laughs> I'm like, I'm back. A little Coke before uh, bed. Yeah. 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 It's a, and also another thing that's really hard after games is to sleep, which the Coke really helps with <laughs> sleeping after games is very challenging. You would think you just, just so like amped. knock right out because yeah. you're so tired, but no. the adrenaline of the game, mm -hmm. again, where a lot of us take like energy things at halftime. Mm. I'm drinking a cup of coffee at like probably five o'clock. So I'm just like, Amped. I usually mm -hmm. don't fall asleep till two or three. Mm -hmm. And then what's the next day? Usually an off day, which oh, is nice. Great. Yeah. So unless we're on like a really quick turnaround kind of mm -hmm. schedule where we have another game we have to prepare for, mm -hmm. we have the next day off and I'm usually horizontal for most of it. It's great. Yeah. These NBA guys, friends with them and th their schedules are just insane. Yeah. Oh, they play a lot like they, of games. They play a lot of games. They fly in the middle of the night. So they, yeah. they leave after every away game. So if yeah. the game in Denver ends at 11, then it's an hour to do stuff, 12, then it's 30 minutes to the plane, yep. take off at 12.30, three-hour flight to Portland, land in Portland at 3 a.m., yep. get on the bus, 20 minutes to the hotel, fall asleep. Yeah. Then if it's if it's back-to-back, -back, depending. So then they have shoot-around. So like, right, you know, they go 11 a.m. on the bus to Moda Center, mm -hmm. two-hour practice, come back to the hotel, nap from 2 to 4.30 and eat, then the first bus goes at 4.30 back to the arena. Yeah, Second bus crazy. is at 5.30, games at 7, ends at 10, <clears> back on the plane. You always fly out after a game. So then yeah. it, it's crazy. It's nuts. It's, it's nuts. crazy. Yeah. I, I, our schedule is not like that. Obviously, we usually have like a game a week, but even when we're on the road, we fly commercial still. So we're usually like waiting till. Say the, the private jet makes it a little easier. I never feel bad for him. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> and he's pulling up to the Ritz-Carlton. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. Those guys are okay. They work so hard, but they're okay. And we're okay, too. We are making 
strides. Yeah. But um, but we do get the luxury of having a night's sleep, usually because most lights don't leave till the next morning. So let's early. talk about that. Good segue into making strides in women's sport. Yeah. Just the inequities in that that's <laughs> been for decades upon decades and the lack of adequate pay for professional athletes in women's sports to yeah. even be making sometimes not much more than a minimum wage job. I think if I think it's probably less if you calculate the time that you guys yeah. put in with practices and everything. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's really easy to see big names and just think everyone's successful. Um, and there's players on the U.S. Women's National Team that through endorsement deals do great and yeah. do fine. But that's three to five people. Sure. What's it like for the other 98% of a league, especially in the NWSL? Um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it has gotten so much better, I will say. And that is not me insinuating like this is an arrival point for us, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like there's still so much progress to be made. But I think for the first time ever, like women can, like this can be their career and their career only, mm-hmm. and they can live off of that and um, and like have a stable life off of that between like housing being covered, um, certain stipends that were given through mm-hmm. the club, the CBA and the NWSLPA have fought tirelessly for right. so many, um, so many developments in our lives between uh, between the new salary cap, um, housing accommodations, rights like maternity rights. I mean, there's a million mm-hmm. and one things that they have advocated for us with that have made such a difference in so many lives. But like you said, it used to be that you'd have to go to training in the morning and then go to your second job I've later in the day. Players yeah. On the team. yeah. I, I know. I think, I think player pay is public or something, but yeah. there's people that make Thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Uh, minimum, I believe, is around thirty six to thirty seven thousand. So that's thirty seven thousand dollars. League minimum is yeah. what a uh, a woman in sport in the United States at the highest level yep. makes as a professional athlete. Yep, thirty eight thousand dollars, which I believe is not much more over minimum wage. No, it's not. I think if you calculate yeah. fifteen dollars yeah, minimum wage in the state of the Oregon, time, I mean, time. and this is not an ordinary job. This is a job that, uh, in the best way consumes your entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's like what you do off the field, what you do on the field, the decisions you make when you get home, what you eat, what you drink, all like, I mean. That's not a cheap lifestyle no, to maintain no, the health you need to make that 38 It's not a desk job, grand. right? Yeah. Like you yeah. are the women of this league and, and female athletes and all athletes, I would assume, like you pour yourself into your craft mm-hmm. because you want to be your best. And that if you are fully committed to it, it, yeah, it, takes all of you. And so to have that sort of compensation for something you are giving your whole life and, and heart to is we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. But it, again, I mean, the league minimum used to be, I don't like, I don't even know, like maybe 10 or yeah, 20. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah, like yeah, there yeah. are horror stories throughout the league of, yeah. of what it used to be. And I think that's what feels exciting about where we are now. And mm-hmm. a lot of women that are on league minimum are like their housing is covered. So rent's not sure. a factor. So they are able to save in yeah. different ways. And, um, there are so many incredible strides that have been made. And we, I think we do have to take time to celebrate those and mm-hmm. feel proud of those to, um, recognize how far the league has come, mm-hmm. but it is not an arrival. Like we are still pushing mm-hmm. to, for better for everyone. I would, I would hope in, in five years that the <clears throat> minimum is a hundred grand. I hope so and too. I think things are trending. Yep. Things are trending. They I are. mean, it's just the, it's, it's hard because, you know, we all just see the thorn sell for 60 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I get it. Like I'm a business yeah. person. I understand it. I understand team valuation and time and everything, but it, it's like, um, 
you know, you guys are essentially the employees yeah. that make the organization make mm -hmm. the money mm -hmm. and to be making that. I just, mm -hmm. I, I get all you. sides of it. I get yes. all sides yes. of it. So I'm it's not, never that simple. You know, it's, I get it. Right. It's but just, you the guys women, deserve to make more. I, yeah, I am not. I like watching I, women's soccer more than men's. Me too. Me too. Much better. It you guys is are more talented. Going it's a in better, the right I love it. direction, though. And the, again, the women we have in this league, the support that we have, the advocates that we have, like this is the best time for women's soccer. It really is. And it is going in completely the right direction. And I have no doubt, like you said, mm -hmm. that in four or five years' time, like that league minimum is not going to look it's gonna like be rich. <laughs> I hope it's so. Be rolling. You know? <laughs> so, new ownership here in town, and they're committed to you guys. Yeah. They're committed to yes. making your own practice facility they're they're committed to you guys as an organization i feel like from the very beginning from the first time you guys met them they've just made an effort to make you guys feel yes. more valued than possibly previous ownership has and are making adequate investments not yeah. only in the team but in the whole like you said the whole surrounding of that stuff so hopefully if you guys can't make more money the team can support through more facilities food yeah. treatments things so that you don't have to be taking your money and paying for those things as well absolutely but yeah. you've already felt it we have already felt it, and our the, the Bethal family is incredible, and they have come in, you know, after what's been a, a challenging, I think, last few years for our club and the mm -hmm. city in many ways, and have just expressed their belief in our team, in our community, in this club, in who we are and already what we've done, which is win championships and be successful and be the standard, but to now keep driving that mm -hmm. and to continue to push to be the best, not just nationally, but globally. Mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> we know that they are so committed to doing whatever it takes to make mm -hmm. that happen. And just listening to their vision, listening to their passion um, and getting to know the, getting to know them as people has been really incredible because I think they are go-getters and they have those sure. business brains. Like you understand I mean, what a story, right? Right. But they are, they're really incredible people too. And they mm -hmm. are kind and humble and down to earth. And it's not every day that you uh, encounter ownership like that, ownership mm -hmm. groups like that. And I think the fact that they're so clear about what their values are and how those are going to um, influence the club is something, you know, as a player makes me so excited um, and thinking about like this page that we're, we're turning in our story. So I'm just so really it's excited. It's emblazoned on the stadium onward, 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 forward. It's great. Yeah. How has kind of the city and culture already only a few years here, how has that kind of shaped you as a person or your style or your way you live or the way you, I mean, you're coming from East Coast. Yeah. Fast life, different vibe, different personalities, everything. And now you're over here on the laid back West Coast oh, and yeah. it's a little rainier yeah. and it's a little slower. Yeah. Has that been easy? Has that been enjoyable? Has that oh been gosh. delightful? Has that been hard? Oh, I, I've loved it. And I, yeah, I'm from New York, so it's like, Get out of my way. Mm -hmm. If you're not walking fast enough, I'll mm -hmm. bump right into you and Mess you get in front. Yeah. So um, I, and I love New York with mm -hmm. all my heart. Like mm -hmm. I, I miss home all the time. Um, I think I love New York and it. I've only been once. Yeah. There you go. There's just something about it. There is something about it. There's something about it. There's something about Portland too. But there's there something is about something New York about too. Portland too. Mm -hmm. I always had a feeling that like the Pacific Northwest would be a great place for me to live. Like from the time mm -hmm. I was in high school, I was like, this place just, Preach. I feel called by it. Preach. And here I am. So I, I, uh, I love the lifestyle out here. Like I love the nature. I love, um, the natural beauty, um, the community, obviously like when you talk about the club, I think about, you know, the riveters and our supporters mm -hmm. and 
their passion is just unmatched. Like I've never experienced anything like that. Like obviously, you know, as, um, you know, a college soccer player in different settings, like you have fans and you have people who love your team or whatever it is, but like, I've never witnessed a group of people care for something and, and, and care for a team the way that our supporters care for us. And, and that's not just like what happens on the field. It's how we're treated off the field. Um, things that happen, uh, from a club standpoint, like in the media, all these things, like they are so passionate about us and also passionate about our safety, passionate about our health, Mm -hmm. passionate about what we deserve. Um, they're loud and they are loud. They will let you know. And we love it. Oh yes, they they will. will And I love it. I love it. I think the fact that our club has this relationship with its supporters group, where do you see that? Like, I think it's so amazing. It's a, it's a tit for tack. It's a, yeah. And look, it can be challenging sometimes yeah. and it's not always but that's easy. What turns into progress. Right. If it didn't have it, it would just be exactly. And I think they are such a key as to why the club has been held accountable in a lot of ways and why hard things have happened. Like they demand, they refuse to be silent on things that they can't be silent about. Mm-hmm. And I think just like principally as a human being, it'd be easy for them to show up to games and just cheer and go home, but things go wrong or things do not sit right with them or things do not meet the standard of mm-hmm. the club that we have and and what we say we are and who we want to be in our community. And they're not just going to accept that and settle for, um, for mediocrity or for any actions that mm-hmm. don't align with the standard that we're being held to. And I think they have such a love for the club, um, such a passion for the club that they like demand that it be held accountable and that it, it be the best and do the right thing in every situation. It's kind of a question for me too, but why do we think that that constituent of people cares so much? Like no one asked them to like, what is no. it about a Portlander that makes us, care some i mean new york they yeah. care too they're loud they'll their sports teams like they'll stand but it's like like in in talking about like i know all that yeah I, I i see it i hear it when when other teams talk about portland they talk about this but like why did we get that or like like what what was it about the team in the early years that made that happen or the people is there a, is there a trait that they all like I'm yeah, just, it's a- i mean i think when you think about portland like we're not exactly the biggest sport city Mm-mm right? Like we have different professional sport teams that have had success and have also not had success. Um, and I think when you have this female team that in many ways was like a trailblazer and that was a poor choice of words. It's good. No, I like it. I like it. A, I like it. Uh, I like a it. revolutionary for its time rather. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll put it that way. Um, no pun intended, but uh, very revolutionary for its time, right? Like the thorns were one of the first women's professional teams in the NWSL, Mm -hmm. the first team to win the, the league in the first year, um, that the league was started. Um, one of the earliest teams just to experience success at the time that the league was really still like finding itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was something incredibly, um, alluring about that and, and something that drew a lot of people to come and support the team in that. And I mean, and again, I've only been here, this is now my third year, so I don't know half of it, but it's like, I, I can imagine experiencing that roller coaster and that, that, uh, kind of climb to the mountaintop, like so exhilarating for our supporters to be a part of, because mm-hmm. I think what makes our team special is that they are a part of it. I don't think that's the, the case in every club. It's like, we're here and you're there, mm-hmm. but I think with our club, we are one community and we are one city. And that is something that we're all proud of. 
Um, it's not like they're the separate entity. Like we consider them a part of who we are because they are, they're mm -hmm. a, a, an integral part of who we are. So yeah, I wonder if it's almost just that we, in a physical and a literal sense, like we gave space. Yeah. So it was a big stadium mm -hmm. and we just let people like, like they've played, the Thorns have played there for a long time, much bigger than what any NWSL team in those early years ever yes. had. So it was the fact that they just had space. Yeah. So they had physical space. Yeah. And then they had mental and emotional space in the city of Portland to just be yourself and to express. Yes. And then the team just gave them space to yeah. be themselves. And it's just like, it's almost like it, it was, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you, um, it would be a fascinating interview to talk like who was the first mm. person. Mm -hmm. And it always starts with one. So was it one person that stood there at the first game and that turned yeah. into two people and three people and those three people had a common interest and then that turns into 10 and 50. But it, I just wonder what it like it, I, it, to me and just knowing Portland and being born and raised here, like it probably just felt like they had a space. Yeah. Unintentional probably by yeah. merit or ownership or whatever. This just, they were allowed to be and yeah. yell and say what they want. And then that turns into people like, I want to be yes. able to do that. And now that's turned into a whole, and with the army too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like that stadium and the teams have given people space. Right. I think there's definitely, there's, I think you're absolutely right. And I think there is also a level of pride that comes mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. wearing our jersey and representing the city. I think I'm not from here and I already love it like I, like mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. but I, I know that the city has been through a lot and that it's, it's been a roller coaster in many ways that it's been through hard things and has been the punching bag of many presidencies of many of maybe one particular presidency yeah. <laughs> or yeah. just many years of just like turmoil and hard things. And, um, I think people see us and we offer a light to them and we offer something that they can be proud of. And not, of course, like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, people are proud of the Timbers and the mm -hmm. Trailblazers and other teams around the area too, like no doubt about it. I think there's something unique about the fact that we are a women's sports team mm -hmm. and that we've been very successful and that we're not even scratching the surface yet and that we represent like the best of Portland and the best of what Portland is and that we can be sort of this light uh, even amidst a lot of darkness and that's darkness within the city. That's also darkness within our own club. Mm -hmm. A lot of darkness within our own club that mm -hmm. we are now reckoning and having to, we are now going towards the light. We are, <laughs> and we're turning the page. And yeah. I think I just feel, I mean, I, I can't tell you all that I feel when I step out on that field and I see the roar just, it's like, it is, it's like addictive. Like mm -hmm. I, I am obsessed with it. Like it's incredible just to stand out there and even, you know, for me, the national anthem is a big time where I just like take it in mm -hmm. and just get myself <laughs> focused and, you know, just take it all in. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is rare. It's rare. And I'm so grateful to be a part of it and to feel it and experience it. And we want nothing more than to continue to be that light for people and to continue to be just like this, um, yeah, the silver lining. And I think what's been a, a hard history, both as a city and mm -hmm. as a club, and we can't wait to just turn the page to this new chapter. You know, even now, but I think more so a few years ago, there was NWSL road games that were essentially in like high school stadiums, right? Baseball fields, like high two, school three thousand people. And it feels like a college game, yeah. if not less than. Yeah. And that's why it's like, we in Portland, I think, take for granted that Thorns have this big stadium and everyone goes and we just know the Thorns, but Louisville or other town, like there's totally. stadiums that are even Seattle before they played at the big stadium. Like they were just in kind of bleachers, you know, it was not, it wasn't yeah. a lot. And I think what's so exciting is it's not just 
us going in that direction. It is every club in the league. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, there are standards of what is acceptable and what's not anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, we are all going to adhere to them and we are not, yeah, we're not settling for a turf baseball field where half of the field is, is dirt, dirt. and you can see the plate marks mm-hmm. and you slide into them and yeah, you're bleeding all over the place. So mm-hmm. there are standards that we deserve to meet mm-hmm. and we're not just going to accept crumbs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what gives me so much hope and excitement about our future is like, we are a league of women who are just not going to settle for hand-me-downs or what a men's team did mm-hmm. or whatever. Like we are going to revolutionize what women's sports is about and what we deserve. And we're not going to stop until we're given those things. And there will never, never be an arrival point or a point where we settle. Like, I think it's just this constant push yep. for more. Which I is feel so like, exciting. I feel like for you after a very long, illustrious career, you're going to work in women's sports probably. Probably. You're, you're, you're already there. I'll get back I, to I, you. I can feel it. I can feel <laughs> it in my bones. So beyond the, beyond the field, how do you go and engage in Portland? What do you do? Are there causes you love? Are there things that you, what gets you out of the house? Do you and the girls go and shop Hawthorne? Do you guys walk around? Like yeah. what, how do you, how do you exist in Portland? I'm a big, I, I, I love getting out and doing things. I love like trying new restaurants with mm-hmm. some of my teammates or going, I'm again, like I said, I love anything outdoors. So I'm a big like nature girl. Let's mm-hmm. try new spots. Let's go hike this. Obviously hiking on one off day that you get sure. every <laughs> two weeks. Another seven right. miles yeah, on yeah. No, 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 none of that. But you know, like if I have, uh, you know, if I have the whole day, like I'll drive to the coast, I'll drive to hood, I'll mm-hmm. go sit, you know, with a beautiful view and just take it in or go on a nice stroll. I feel like I'm in this incredible part of the country that has no shortage of just like obviously natural beauty, but also just like incredible things to do and mm-hmm. see. So I'm constantly trying to add new places to my list. So what's the restaurant of the month right now? Or what was the last stop? Um, hmm. Let's see. Last stop. Um, I really want to try con. I knew you were going to say it. Is it everybody's? I feel like it's everybody's right now. I it's haven't incredible. been. I hear it's unreal. And the fact that you can't go makes yeah, you want to go more. I know. I, I've like I've tried to get a reservation, and it's like try again in forty when years. Your contract's up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, have someone make a call I had, for you. I did go to. Um, is it sh- Shalom? Y'all? Shalom, y'all. I think it's Shalom, Excellent. y'all. Excellent. Yeah. Really, really right? good. Really good. I loved it. Um, Shalom, y'all's great. Yeah, there have been. I will say like our team is, this is kind of embarrassing. Our team is addicted to bamboo sushi and it's like, mm-hmm. a, it's clearly a chain. Obviously it's not this, you know, cute little, but no, it's, it's, it's it was born and raised here. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. Which, go which location can we find you guys at on a Thursday night? I'm a personal fan of the 23rd location. Okay. Just beautiful street vibes. Yeah. Um, so I'm walking in and who are you sitting with for bamboo? I will say Shelby Hogan and I like our, addicted just down in green machines and Uh, all the time spicy tuna albacore crispy rice tuna poke yeah so you'll find us there um where else will we find you you drink much you a drinker Mm. off season you go to bars I'm not a hit the club scene. No we don't have one here so you're probably not hitting the Portland club scene scene, I will say I love bushwhackers (laughs) 
That's gonna be that's gonna be a, a real right I there. Love Sam Coffee loves Bushwhackers, and I will say like I'm not. I love Bushwhackers too. I don't, I've gone twice. I don't. Um, I really don't. Like I I I have a drink like here and there. I'm yeah. not going out every night or you know when we have a day off like I'm not going. Just, clubbing yeah <laughs> i will say i just like i'm obsessed with it it is so you get out there and boogie boots scoot and boogie well, and line I dance i want and... a boogie but i don't know all the dances you just gotta throw yourself out there yeah but then someone you will get teach kicked you off if you don't know the dances like i've gotten kicked off before because they're like you don't know i'm not so there you're supposed doing, to like, wait around the pen and but watch then they, them? they start the cotton eye joe i'm like i know this one you know that one yeah so don't or kick the me cupid out of shuffle one. or but they don't have like free dance time I would love to just you want go free dance. Yeah. <laughs> Bushwhackers. Yeah. I would love like if they did an hour or something where we can just go out and like, there's no, there's no area for the amateurs. It's only like the, the girls, the in guys their cowboy that are just boots. swinging the, yes. the ladies around swinging just hands on hips, just moving. Them. Yeah. Like I see, I get very intimidated. When that happens. I, I don't think my wife would too. want to do that. But. <laughs> but even like the signs on the doors or on the, on the walls in there, it's like cowgirls enter through here. I'm like, perfect. Sweet. I'll go that way. <laughs> okay. So we're all going to go to Bushwhackers. Awesome. What? We're all going to go to Bushwhackers. Yeah, let's do it. So there's a new bar here in the Pearl called Cuties, Cuties. and they're doing honky tonk nights on Thursday nights. Ooh. So they bring in this old school, really fun DJ and they're okay. doing honky tonks on Thursdays. I'm going to have to check that out too. And it's in the Pearl, so you don't have to go all the way to yeah. Bushwhackers, but maybe, you know, a little more inviting. Yeah. Maybe you is, don't, maybe it's only for, it I think, is a little I think intimidating. it's only for amateurs at Cuties. Perfect. Perfect. I think honky tonk night is, you can't be serious. Yeah, that's great. Cause I, it's, so it is down. a little intense for me. Like there's just cowboy hats and like, I'm not, yeah, I just, yeah. I love the, the vibe, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. We're good. We're a big vineyard team too. We like to go out to great. some vineyards in so the area. Compre is one that we like. Is okay. that how I say it? I think. Up on the hill or out in wine country? I think it's out in wine country. Okay. Yeah. There's Amatero. Uh -huh. That one's up, up on there. the hill. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kelly Hubley's a big fan of that one. See that? Yeah. Big fan of that one. Right. Um, She's a little wine member up there. Yeah. She's a wine member, I think, they in a lot of places. They open the door for her and they say, oh, yeah, come she on. has a lifetime come on <laughs> membership. Um, yeah, there's just so much to do and see here. So obviously, you know, like today's an off day for us. Like we're tired and it's, you don't always want to. And you're here. We appreciate that first I'm and so foremost. Happy Thank you. Yes. It's but, uh, you know, there's a balance between sometimes you just want to chill, be horizontal, not do anything. And then, you know, go out, see what the city has mm -hmm. to offer. There's so many amazing things to do and people to meet. So I, I love just like being able to discover more within the community and meet new people and um, yeah, try new things. There's just so much to see and do. It's great. So we'll head into the 90th minute here. Okay. Is that a nice little football play right there? That's good. That kind of means the end, you know, we're heading into stop it. Uh, shine. We're going to head into stop it. Yeah. So <clears throat> your background, your writing journalism, you come from lineage of it, went to school with it. So we can get into it. You don't have to, but as a writer and athlete, what kind of legacy are you hoping to leave both on the pitch? Mm. I got that on the pitch and on the streets and in real life, mm. you know, that is a profound, I think you already kind of did your presidential speech. So I think <laughs> we know, I think we're not, we know you're going into some sort of something, but yeah. how, like, you know, do you want to be known as the greatest athlete of all time? Do you want to be known as a disruptor? Do you want to be known as someone who stood up for what was right? Do you want to be someone that left a wake of change? Like, what is it? I think of course, as an athlete, I want to be, like the absolute best soccer player that I can be. And that's my, every day that I wake up, like that is my why is I want to just be like the best version of myself mm -hmm. and the best player uh, teammate that I can possibly be. Um, and I, I say that I can possibly be because I think it's easy in this field to just constantly fall into comparison and who you are in comparison to other people. And like, I want to be my best. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that 
can become a world best. I hope it can be, you know, Mm -hmm. something great, but it's just like, it's me focusing on being the best version of Sam. And, um, for me, that just takes focus away from like the outcome of things and how things are going to go or what rosters you make or don't make, or, uh, what games you win and don't win. And it brings you back to like the journey of pursuing your best self and like this journey toward excellence that I think so many of us are on. And, and that journey has taken you to the U S women's national team. Yes, it has. And it's, fucking cool. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so how many call-ups have you had? How many, um, how many camps have you had now? I don't know. Like the exact number. I think I'm at like, I don't have many caps. I think I'm at like maybe seven or eight. So right. I'm still starting off Amazing. and yeah, I was able to score my first goal last year, Big which time. was so fun. Um, but similar, like same thing in that environment too. Like I just, I constantly want to just be my best and I don't ever want to lose sight also of like, of the joy and fun in that journey. Cause mm-hmm. I think so many of us are just striving for more and more and more and what new levels can we reach? And like, that's an athlete's mindset. I, mm-hmm. I have that same mindset, like, of course, but I never want to lose sight of the fact that like I'm living my dream and I get to do this. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, from the minute I touched a soccer ball, like this is all that I've ever wanted to do and it's all I've ever loved. And so the fact that I get to do it for a living and I get to live out these dreams is just amazing. And I, I never want to lose sight of the gratitude and, um, and joy in getting to do that. And like the, the, the process and the journey and the refinement that comes with that. So where's the next world cup? I really shouldn't. I don't think they know yet. Was it announced? I don't, think so. You might have to check me on that. Well, we're going to watch you there, right? I certainly hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. What legacy would you like to leave specifically on Portland? Mm. And that can be one and the same, but is there something that's more specific? I mean, we, we root for our teams hard, even though we're not a huge sports city, but we believe in our athletes. We love them. Yeah. Is there a, is there a sinky legacy you want to leave? Is there a, I mean, (laughs) no one. Yeah. I mean, there's, there have been so many incredible legacies that have already been left. I mean, obviously Sinky still has a year, but Mm -hmm. we can anticipate, of course, what that's going to be like. Yeah. I think, I think for me, when you take things off the field, when I think about legacy, uh, I, I, I kind of simplify it and I I come back to a quote, I'm going to quote Maya Angelou. Please. It's going to happen. About time. And it's going to be, it's not going to be verbatim, but pretty much she says, uh, people will forget what you do and they'll forget, um, the things you did but they will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I think about myself as a person, myself as a player, like that feels so front of mind because I think, again, it's easy in this profession to just focus on like the trophies and the games won and the accolades and all these things, which are well and good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also want to be someone that um, is a light to the soccer community and brings um, things that maybe it's missing sometimes like joy and love Mm -hmm. and, and inclusion and kindness. And I think it's a cutthroat business and that's part of what we love about it. Um, but I also want to, I want to bring all the things that feel true to me to whatever setting and whatever environment that I'm in. Um, and so I just love that quote because I think it just takes you beyond like the athletic level of things and into like who you are matters and your character matters and things you say matter and things you do off the field matter. And for me in Portland, um, I think that also I want to help be a light for the community too, and just continue to be someone that is always proud of wearing this Jersey. Um, and 
loves every second of getting to do it. Um, and it's something that I never take for granted yeah. and I never will. And I mean, for me, this is where I want to be. This feels already yeah. like home right. and yeah, that's so special. Speaking of wearing the jersey, you're wearing our new Letterman jacket, Valentine's thing. So I'd be remiss to say, so we're here on the Portland Portland gear. This is our new jacket coming out for Valentine's Day. And we thought it was perfect to have you as kind of Valentine's as flowers and roses and love and stuff, but it just works well with the thorns and everything. Totally so does. you're rocking the Valentine's jacket. I think we only made a hundred of those. Pretty cool. That's our gift to you. You get to keep that. How cool is that? So thank you for, thank I you for being on the it, podcast. But I of wasn't going to be greedy. <laughs> no, of course you get to. Oh, so the last you. question here, I'm going to say one word oh, gosh. and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Portland. Love. Oh, way to round out the Valentine's day pod. That's love. amazing. Love it's for love. Portland. Portland loves you. Just like, yeah, I think love of the hardship, love of the amazing times, mm -hmm. love of the club. Um, love the club. I believe this jacket has a great little it message does. on the back. It does. May the roses remind us why the rain is so important. We we've lived through six months of crap of to have beautiful, and we've had a lot of rain the last few years. It, and, it's so true, though. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, we can bring that in from the perspective of the city, you can bring mm -hmm. it into the perspective of the club. Like there's been a lot of rain, mm -hmm. but there's going to be a lot of roses and that's so exciting. And I love that. And I love being able to play for this community, play for this team, be a part of this club and specifically like be a part of the page that we are turning mm -hmm. and what this next chapter is going to hold because I've never felt like we've been, so, we are more of an open book right now than ever before. And it's like, these pages are unwritten. I feel like I'm quoting Natasha Benningfield, but <laughs> the, rest, the rest is still unwritten. The rest is still the rest unwritten. Is still, Natasha, it really the, is. So. Throw one up. Yeah. Well, thank you for being our first ever guest on the podcast. You were Thanks perfect. For having we me. We appreciate you. Thank you to Sam. Thank you for having me. Yay.